Hello, and welcome to the Friday Live thing. Whether you have an existing online business or are just starting out, we show you how to grow and scale your business the easy way. Here are your hosts, Tim Goodwin and Mark Thompson. Hi guys, and welcome to the Friday Live thing with me, Mark Thompson, and Tim. Who I had to cut off then, he was mid-sentence when we went live. Morning, Tim. Uh, uh, morning, Mark. How are you doing? I'm doing fine. Okay, I'm what's happening this week? I'm, I'm surprised you haven't asked me about my t-shirt yet. I'm not allowed to ask about Flight Club. <laughs> you don't talk about Flight Club, mate. First rule of Flight rule. Club. Yeah. Right, Tim, has anything interesting happened this week? Oh, my God. Um, yes and no. Five minutes ago. I'm trying to tee you up here. Uh, which bit? To do with my business or to yeah, do right. with... Do your business. Oh, yeah. Well, of oh, course. Um, uh, yeah, it's one of those things when, when things come together all at the same time, you go, uh, as in an idea comes to, to mind and an opportunity and also solves a bunch of problems and all comes together all at the same time. Suddenly you go, oh, my God, we've done a huge amount in literally like a week. Um, basically, uh, a, a lot of people know that I have uh, an office, which we run Lean Greens out of, not this office. This is a, a the home office. Um, uh, we have a, an office in a local sort of industrial park, you know, business park thing. Um, and we got offered a, uh, a large unit, a, a larger office building or a part, part of the same building, but, you know, larger office, um, which we've said yes to. So we've got a new office, which is going to be two and a half times the size of what we've got at the moment. Um, we're changing a bunch of stuff where we're hiring our uh, member of staff that we've had as part-time for the last couple of months. We're bringing them on full-time. Um, we're bringing support back in-house. We're bringing fulfillment on in-house um, so we can control the, uh, the experience people are having. Um, uh, yeah, so loads of stuff, basically. And then we're moving literally next Friday. Uh, so uh, it's next Friday, the November the 1st. So we won't have a live show next week, will we? Uh, no, sorry. <laughs> oh, no, oh, no, is, I, might, I might get Dave on. We might, we, I might do a Dave show. Uh, so, yeah, right, that's, I mean, that's really interesting. So basically, so, you're taking back control. Um, well, yes, kind of and like, uh, well, take back control. Get Brexit done. Oh, gosh. Um, uh, yeah, no, it's um, it, it, it's one of those things. That we've been talking, myself and my wife, Sam, we run the business together. Um, we, we've been talking about where do we move forward how do we improve what we do how can we maximize um the assets that we've got but also improve the you know the delivery and the service it's one of the challenges that we have is like our shipping sucks um and we know it sucks and it's one of those pain points and we know we need to improve the quality of that um uh, the expectation from our customers that they want to get their stuff quickly and it, at the moment royal mail is basically being crap um so we're looking we were looking already at changing the shipping uh companies that uh we use or, and making wholesale changes to that and we were starting to get from the fulfillment company that we have been using they do a great job but they do just the job that they need to do and nothing more and we wanted to make the unboxing experience better so we've been designing new boxes um we wanted to put inserts in the box um which then creates a logistical problem with our fulfillment company and so on and so forth. So there's so many different bits and reasons why, you know, we wanted to bring stuff back in. Plus, it, you know, things like we, we've, we've outsourced things like support before, like, you know, for the last 12 months. Um, but it's kind of like they can only do so much of the support, you know. So we're still doing some of the support anyway. And it was just like, well, you know what? We have a staff member who really, really is switched on. Let's just get them to do all of it. And they can do all of the support calls literally in half an hour, first thing in the morning. And then it's done. Uh, rather than having to outsource it to somebody else who then pays, you know, gets charged quite a lot for it. Uh, it charges us quite a lot for for, for that particular job. Um, I, say, I don't mind paying off people and outsource to do things. It's just a case of we, we want to sort of, yeah, take back control a little bit. And um, there's there's a long game behind this as well about how we structure our business and the brand and the way it goes forward from that as well. But um, I'll come on to that maybe another time. Um, that's a long discussion. If we go ever go ahead and build our, or create our um, physical newsletter, we've now got a fulfillment center where we can send it out from. Exactly. We need to do that now. 
<laughs> well, that's the thing, and, and you know, it's one of the reasons why we we were looking at, say, a fulfillment company, and we were going, okay, well, we could we could, you know, find a different fulfillment company to do the thing we want. We could start our own fulfillment company, or we could bring our, bring it back in house and do all of our fulfillment ourselves. The the stepping stone is for us to start doing the fulfillment ourselves, and then which is going to be a bit of a ball ache, to be honest with you. But then how about we just start our own fulfillment company? So just have, you know, Lean Greens here and a fulfillment company there. For fulfillment company charges Lean Greens, the brand business, like for the services of the, of the fulfillment company. And away you go. Um, and it means that we can then offer that service to other e-commerce businesses. And okay, maybe the business is essentially a uh, e-commerce, e-commerce services business. So we provide services of not just fulfillment, but we provide support. We provide social media like work and management, um, content distribution, blah, 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 blah. So you go, okay, all of a sudden we've just created this whole idea of like uh, an e-commerce services business, which serves Lean Greens. And that then becomes quite an interesting thing. We separate out the two so that if we do decide to sell Lean Greens at some point in the future, we are essentially, um, we're selling the brand but not all of the wonderful assets that we've created and spent an awful lot of time and effort and money in developing, um, you know, we don't need to sell that. We can keep hold of that bit, which is quite Ooh. interesting. So yeah, that's that's the, kind of a, a hint at the long term goal of this. But we'll see yeah. we'll see where it works. We'll see where it goes. Okay, to turn that into a tip, you know, be flexible. Take yeah. opportunities when they when they come up. Yeah, I think so. I think it's flexible, but also um, opening your mind to why why does everything need to sit under one business? Where if you can, if you've got different um, different tasks and different um, cost centers in your business, things that cost you money, can you turn that into an asset? Could you cre- create something that becomes an asset? If it is an asset producer or an asset, uh, a money generating asset. Um, so like, you know, fulfillment has always been a cost to us. So why not try and create it into a money generating asset instead? Um, social media uh, management, it's a cost. Okay, how can we create that, make that into a money generating asset? So it's an interesting discussion, but you, you'd separate it away from the main business, the, the Lean Greens brand, and let Lean Greens brand do its thing, but we just say, build between the two and away you go. It's all good fun. Anyway, just to, it's just opening your mind to different ways of structuring your business, which um, kind of comes off the back of a lot of the, the sort of things that we were um, exposed to a couple of weeks ago when we did an event in London. It's like, OK, how can we think about the structure of what we're doing differently, um, which is which is kind of cool. Cool. Anyway, welcome to everyone who's listening. Yes. Mark, Colonel, Dave, Ian, probably in there somewhere. <laughs> yeah, right. usual suspects. We're gonna, what we're going to do is we're going to finish the 50 thing, 50, our 50 top tips. It's actually about 53, isn't it? Uh, yeah, it worked out to that. Yeah, yeah. Right. So first one today, understand your key metrics. I left this one out. Like I missed this one out the other day on last week on purpose because it, it is quite a big subject, and I, but I don't want to go too deep into it. So basically the tip is understanding your key metrics and track what you want to grow. Um, for me, that's probably one of the most important parts of this tip. Um, for me personally, for my business, this is number of new customers, number of repeat customers, average order value, lifetime value, cost per acquisition, target ROAS, so return on ad spend, and the number of subscriptions. And for me, that's those are my kind of core metrics. They show me that my business is progressing, is growing, is moving forward, and that we're on target. and We're not spending too much money to acquire a customer and stuff like that. If you're doing any advertising of any description, you need to know lifetime value, uh, average lifetime value of your customers and what your target um, uh, return on ad spend is. You need to know what your cost per acquisition is. Um, Can you go a bit quicker this week? Yeah, we'll try, Mark. Sorry. We'll we'll do it (laughs) on time and a half speed. Yeah. So basically, like those are the key metrics. And, you know, we've, we've done whole like live webinar things on. On, on metrics before, but um, for me, if, if, if you're still looking at any business, it's like, you know, cost per acquisition, you know, your target cost per acquisition, lifetime value and average order value, those really are the key bits. 
the other ones are kind of more my like specific to my business but yeah you've got to understand your key metrics and track most importantly track what you want to grow um if you track it it's much more likely to get bigger um so yeah there, there you go that's one tip it doesn't need to be difficult to track this a simple spreadsheet fill it out once a week every friday fill it out and you'll see how it's going even do it once a month just do it work out three or four things you want to track and just do it every month or yeah, every week absolutely so next tip um focus on selling one core product um this is this, this is mark going la 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 i'm not <laughs> i'm not listening to you um I, to, to be honest with you you know within my e-commerce business i have six SKUs, and we have ultimately we have bundles and mixtures and packages and all that kind of stuff but we still focus on one okay so we focus on lean greens as being the, the central core product that's my hero product if you like it's the thing I default to in all of my emails um, uh, or default to in all my ad campaigns. It's the, the one thing. It's the, the driving force behind the business. Um, and, and whilst I'm, I'm never a big fan of like the worst, you know, it's that whole idea of the worst number in business is one. Yes, we have other products as well. But ultimately, um, you know, you've you got to focus on one. You can really only focus on one thing at a time. Try not to get yourself too muddled up in the internet marketing space. Mark knows this more than anybody. He's created so many damn products over the years. He gets himself in a complete muddle and there's a meltdown and goes, fuck it, I'm just going to kill everything except for like two or three products. Um, so, you know, it, it's, but if, if you think about Mark's, you know, the, the business that Mark and I have together with Serious Marketers Only, we focus on trying to get people into Serious Marketers Only. That's the yeah. point behind doing these live things and stuff like that. So, you know, we, we, it's very much about like, you know, focusing on that one core thing. Yeah. While we're, while we're on that, join smo.com forward slash free. We'll get you in there. Yesterday, we had a post made uh, from Sally. Well done, Sally. She copied something that I put up as a featured post, which was basically launch jacking. And she just literally, she did three videos, right? And she actually messaged me last week and went, I'm so, I'm so self-conscious. I think these are shit. And I went, they're actually okay. Just, just do them. And she made a lot of sales. She got on a leaderboard of a product launch um yeah just from following simple there's three videos there they're all linked to from one article just go in there it's free yeah. look at the feature if you looked to, if you just did one thing go in there introduce yourself say hi to us then go through the featured articles you have enough stuff in those featured articles to build yourself a, a marketing business without buying anything that's how generous we are Join are, <laughs> and then when you've made your money come and join the pro group and we'll take you to the next level see look earthquake there earth shattering great right yeah in scotland <laughs> okay <laughs> next one uh next tip i've got in here is um to do with it's very e-commerce specific but it's actually in relation to pretty much any business um but for e-commerce cash flow is everything without it you will get stuck and then die um learned this almost the hard way um on many occasions um ultimately if you don't understand you know it comes back to that first one about the the metrics the key metrics and what you need to grow but you really need to get your head around cash flow i spoke about one particular um book last week called profit first okay get that book read it take action on it most importantly um, and that will help massively with your cash flow. You'll have to make some very drastic decisions about how you allocate money and move that money around, but it will it, it will set you free if you're able to like suddenly go, okay, well actually I can see that this cash, you know, is is coming in. The, one of the weird things is that ultimately cash flow um, cash flows are an odd an odd thing because you you end up. Oh God, um, <laughs> Cash, cash flow is an odd thing. It's like a funny thing happens when you stop marketing, cash stops coming in. Um, people stop spending money with you, which then means cash flow starts getting tight. So it's kind of a bit of a chicken and egg, you know, like, you know, never ending circle of, you know, uh, spending money to acquire customers to, you know, uh, ultimately profit from them to have more cash flow to then spend more money to acquire customers and how quickly you're able to turn around a new customer or a prospect to become a paying customer and a profitable customer, it means how quickly you can grow and escalate your business. Um, 
if you're struggling with cash flow, it's probably because either you're spending too much money on the front end or you're not earning enough money on the back end. And those are the two like little things that the balancing on each side of the seesaw, that's the thing that you've got to balance at all times. Um, probably my best tip I can ever have for anybody running a business. Good one. Right. Where are we? Where are we? OK, this is an interesting one because I don't know what you mean. So I'm going to read it out. OK, go on. Go deeper than the first level of pro problem identification. Your ads and copy uh, gets better the deeper you get into the into the why. Okay. So the whole principle, the whole idea of this in is in English. Um, you could uh, this this comes down to market sophistication. If you've read any of the um, stuff to do with um, uh, kind of remember the guy's name now. Uh, uh, basically, uh, can't can't remember the guy's name. Anyway, basically the idea is that. Um, Say, for example, the first weight loss product that came out ever was the marketing for it was lose weight. And then people went, everybody else started going, well, we can show you how to lose weight. We'll show you how to. My product helps you with losing weight and lose weight and lose weight and lose weight. OK, so then the next level deeper is like, you know, people start talking about um, lose weight um, with my, you know, clever XYZ system. So it becomes more sophisticated market sophistication. Um, so your, you know, identification, lose weight with the paleo diet. OK, and then everybody else starts talking about their own market sophistication and their own. And it all becomes a bit of a you know, a recurring theme of like lose weight, lose weight, lose weight. Um, if you go deeper than just the sentence about losing weight, you know, stop talking about like that cursory level problem that somebody has. Okay, what is the reason why someone wants to lose weight? Okay, go deeper psychologically into the brain of the person who wants to lose weight. Oh, do they feel like they, you know, um, they just need to feel like they need to be healthier? Okay, well, that's the next level down, which is or the next level deeper. Okay, why do they want to feel healthier? Well, actually, um, they, they, they worry about like being ill all the time and not being able to go to work or not having, you know, the, you know, being able to do the work that they should do to you know, feed their family. OK, that goes a bit deeper. OK, why do they want to, you know, feed their family and all that kind of stuff? And it's like it's a basic survival. So it's just about take your marketing to a much deeper level, like psychologically, and your copy gets instantly a lot better. If you start talking about the deep-seated reasons why somebody wants to lose weight, uh, rather than just going lose weight, lose weight, lose weight, make more money, make more money, make six figures. Why do you want to make six figures? Go deeper. It's like, well, actually, I just want to support my family, or you know, I want to. I, I actually have this desire that I want to, um, you know, uh, help support, you know, a particular charity. You know, you think of Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. You know, they. The, literally, the reason why they've got all that money is to help other people. That's their deep-seated reasons why. Um, that's why they created these massive companies that make ma ridiculous amounts of money and is why they continue to invest, is so that they can continue to make more and more money to help more people. That's their reason why. That's going deeper. So, to, you know, when you're talking about, like, you know, you can talk about money. You can talk about, like, you know, um, Attraction to the opposite sex. You can talk about like you know health, losing fat, all that kind of stuff, but that's too cursory. You need to go deeper, deep into the reasons why, and say your copy, your ads get a lot stronger, a lot more reactive if you do that. So, give you an example, and this is um, uh, this is actually from Mark uh, who created this. He unwittingly created a testimonial for us uh, for Lean Greens about four years ago, I think it was three years ago. And the testimonial, Mark doesn't even know this. Mark created a testimonial. It says, it says something along the lines of, um, uh, before I say anything else, I hate vegetables. OK, I'd rather eat a camel herder's flip flop than eat broccoli. OK, now for copy wise, that phrase, I hate vegetables, is much, much stronger, much deeper than like, oh, do you not eat your five a day? Eat, not eating your five a day. It's like, whoopie do, not really deep enough. But if you can get more visceral, more like, you know, 
to the to the heart of the matter is I, I actually really, I just hate vegetables. They make me puke. I've never had, never liked vegetables. That kind of that's much much deeper. It's better copy and it speaks to people on a different level to just you know you know get more vegetable nutrients in your diet every day. Whoopie fucking do. Um, I hate vegetables is much much stronger. Make sense? Oh, didn't know I was a genius. I will, to be honest with you, the copy that um, for that particular testimonial is the lead is the it's the the lead copy right now for pretty much all of my successful ad campaigns. <laughs> How good am I? <laughs> well, well, no, you did it purely by accident, Mark. But at the same time, it, it, but it, at the same, same like time, all my it, secrets now, mate. It's all a fluke. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it, it came from the heart. It was genuine because Mark doesn't like vegetables. I've seen him like pick a tomato out of a freaking burger for Christ's sake. Um, you know, it's like, no, yeah, get, get rid of that. There would never ever be a tomato in a burger that I had. <laughs> he was like, do not put that green muck in my burger. <laughs> Nothing red or green in it, please. Yeah. Uh, dear. So that's what I mean by go deeper than the first level of problem identification. Go deeper in terms of the reasons why somebody would want to maybe seek a solution and use your solution. Okay, next one. Um, this is a, go on, um, this, this one's very much comes from our good friend Peter, uh, Peter Spapen, uh, understand your ideal customer, AKA the pop, um, better than anyone else. Their language, their buying habits, the sites they read, the TV shows they watch, the news they read, the influence from family and friends. Go for it, Mark. No, that, that's really just about it. You know, you just got to understand your customer. You've got to know who your customer is. And if you know, here's, here's an interesting thing. If you know your customer better than anybody else in your industry, you win. Simple as that. If you've got a more clear idea of, you know, the words that they use, the things that they react to, the stuff that they buy already, the things that they read, the TV programs, the news channels, the friends and family, what are they saying, all this. If you understand all of that, your copy gets better, your ads, you know, improve, the sales pitch, the, and the actual product that you've got to sell gets better because you understand who you're actually trying to sell to better than anybody else. Yeah, right, next one. This is something I'm passionate about. Go, on, go for it. Buy software with support and a clear development roadmap. Stay away from warrior forum push button software. Right. Buy your software from software developers. Do not buy your software from marketers. Okay, I cannot stress this more. There are people on the Warrior Forum. If you or if you go to the JV Zoo or whatever these JV lists, right? You will see people saying we've got this software coming out next week. Here's all the other software we've done. And you look at, look back and it's never been developed. So they do a bit of software, they launch it, they leave it. Okay, software developers have a vested interest in their software. Marketers have a vested interest in selling their software. There's a huge difference. Um, and honestly, it's, I hate it. And we always get in, either the SMO group or the free group, we get people come in and say, I've seen this advert, what do you think? And without even looking at it, all I need to do is look at, the, look at how the first headline, and the type of sales page, and I immediately know that, look, stay away from it. Why spend $47 on the front end, and then $97 on an upsell, and then $197 on an up? And you can see, just look, go to JV. Hang on a second. Yes. Um, well, actually, no, I, I would disagree with that. I know. Um, I, and, and I was going to use I was going to use ClickFunnels as a prime example of why they've done it differently. Um, ClickFunnels basically is the almost the perfect mix if you want to be a if you want to create a big business. It's you know it's owned by a marketer and a developer. The developer looks after the development of the software, and makes sure it pushes it forward, and they've got you know love them or loathe them. Um, you know, they have a, a very good marketer behind that software pushing the reasons why you should buy it. So, uh, and it's got a development roadmap. It, you know, it has evolved. It has moved forward since its first inception and stuff like that. So it's not like the Warrior Foreman, but at the same time, there's, there is that perfect balance. And which is why ClickFunnels has actually been inherently very successful 
is because they've got the development right to a point and they've got the marketing right to a point. They haven't gone too far the other way, which is a uh, piece of software that's basically created by software developers and then marketed by software developers who are awful at marketing um, <laughs> and they have no idea about user interface and all that kind of stuff. There's got to be that kind of mix. And the other, the other thing, I mean, people go, oh, I hate the, the monthly subscription model on SaaS companies. It's a good thing. It means it means that people keep developing it. For example, we're going live on um, StreamYard. In the last two weeks alone, we've had uh, multi-streams. So this is going out live on YouTube and Facebook at the same time. We've now got a recording facility. So me and Tim can sit in StreamYard and we can record a show or we can record something and then distribute it later. Okay, all new, all in the last two weeks. Um, Funnelytics, constantly being up updated. Um, what's the SEO software I've got? <laughs> Page Optimizer Pro. Yes. Um, constantly being up updated. There's so many things. Uh, ConvertBox, constantly being updated. Thrivecart, constantly being updated. Okay, so, and they, those are all done by developers. So it, it, it's, I'm really passionate about this. That's why you've probably never seen me pr promote anything uh, software by marketer. Um, the only, th only software, the only software I, I really promote is Thrivecart, ConvertBox, and last year I did Convertry because that was done by Andy Fletcher, who is a software developer stroke marketer. And it, they just got done another launch this year because the software is still going and it's been developed fully. Okay, there is no shortcut to customer prospect engagement graft exclamation mark. You've got to work at it. You have to really work at engaging with your customers. Is that, is that what you're saying? Yeah, pretty much. And it comes down to like um, uh, one of one of the tools that we use on a regular basis is um, Bonjuro. I think we mentioned it last week as well. Um, but Bonjuro is a video tool that allows you to basically send a personalized video to uh, your customers. And that's exactly what we do. We you know, there's um, every single new customer that we acquire. So even if we're acquiring 30, 40, 50 new customers in a day, we're still sending a personalized Bonjoro video, which is around about 30 to 60 seconds long, to every single one of those people. So we're going, hey, John, just seeing your, 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 new, new, your new order come through to your first order come through to Lean Greens. Really appreciate that. If you've got any questions at any point, just contact us at support. And it's like my, my face like this to them going, just tr contact our support team, support at leangreens.co.uk and we'll help you um, with any of the uh, ch any challenges you might have. Um, doesn't matter what it is, any time of the day, just drop us a message and we'll, uh, we'll get back to you as soon as we can. Thanks again, that's it. But what it is, is that one-on-one -on -one community and c customer engagement. Um, it comes back to like answering every single comment, every single question, every single message that comes through on Facebook or Instagram or DM on Twitter or whatever it might be. It's like engagement. We, you know, Mark and I created a product a couple of years ago called the, um, the little, uh, what was it called again? Ministry of Engagement. Ministry of Engagement. Oh, geez whiz. Um, but it's like, that was, the idea is that we create product, create stuff that is inherently engaging and we engage with people one-on-one -on -one, as well as to a masses as well. But it's, it is, that, that, that engagement is huge. Yeah, I mean, the funny thing I did this week was re went back and rewrote my onboarding emails. Yep. So just to make sure they're up to date and yeah, exactly. So engage with people, but you've got to work at it. It's, it, it doesn't come easy. Um, um, unboxing experience is more important than ever. And this counts for software as well as physical products. Okay. Yeah, we, we talked about this like literally at the very start of this video and Mark and I were talking about it before we came on on air it was, you know, one of the reasons why we're taking on the fulfillment is because we want to improve that unboxing experience and that unboxing experience for, you know, in today's world is actually more powerful than ever before. Um, if you if you get a box and it's like, you know, the, a tatty sort of brown box, I don't think I've got anything in here. 
but a brown box with some you know gaffer tape wrapped around it and you open it up and there's just like you know bits of you know newspaper or whatever you know tied around your tub of whatever it it looks rubbish so you know what we're trying to do is tr trying to really enhance that unboxing experience there's a kid on the web who is making a million bucks a year through unboxing videos alone which is yeah. just insane but it's it's the reality it's the the reality of 2019 2020 that people are more than ever they they want when they buy stuff when they buy products they want an experience as much as the value um of the the and the benefit of the product itself and the interesting thing is i've talked before about unboxing videos i can't see the point of them however before i buy anything now i always go and look for an unboxing video so you see what comes in the box which cables you get um and any comments that people say if you want a good unboxing experience buy an apple product it doesn't matter what it is anything from the cheapest not anything on apple it's cheap <laughs> The cheapest $50, 50 euro, 50 pound watch strap up to a Mac Pro, right? The unboxing experience is epic. It's, everything's beautifully laid out. The boxes are really good quality. I've still got every single Apple box in a wardrobe and they look as pristine as the very first day I got them. I, I discovered that there was a, um, you know, the, 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 the clear stuff that appears on the front of your mobile phone. Um, they actually did a massive amount of development to increase the, you know, that first bit where you pull and there's a slight bit of resistance that yeah. that, that cre it creates that illusion of more luxury, more quality, because it has that little bit of a tug. And they spent ages developing that, that extra little tug of like resistance to peel the thing off, which is just insane. But it it it, it, it plays into everything that we do. So. Um, and it, it enhances the value that the customer will, will have of your products. And as Mark says, it, it's just as important for SaaS products, for, you know, your um, uh, your welcome video, the, the, the first interaction that somebody has. Welcome email. Um, just even think of your welcome email as an unboxing. How does somebody contact me? But when, if they log into your, you know, uh, membership site, what's the login experience like? What's the, you know, the, the account creation experience like? Or that's the equivalent of your unboxing. Yeah. Next up, look after your top 5% of customers. Yeah. This is, a, this is an interesting one because people will like always say to me, oh, well, all customers are important. It's like, well, actually, if I look at my, um, the metrics, again, coming back to what we started with today, um, the, the metrics of my business, if I look at the top 5% of the customers, they probably produced about 50% of our revenue, which is just insane when you think about it, just 5%. And when I look at 5%, I'm looking at, you know, only a couple of hundred people have produced 50% of the revenue for us. So it pays to actually make sure that you can enhance that and look after those guys as much as possible. Because if you can extend and grow that audience much, much more then you know, it, it it pays dividends further down the line. They'll stay with you longer. They they buy more of your products. They buy more frequently. They recommend you more readily, um, you know, and all that kind of thing. They become advocates for your business because they are already an advocate because they're buying so much, but they become a stronger advocate. So really, really look after your top 5% of your customers. Next up. Next Point up. We're, we're obviously both doing right at this very moment. Use yeah, a Use a standing desk. This is an interesting tip that, like, you know, I did, when I wrote it, I was like, eh, maybe that it is important, maybe it isn't. Um, in my office, I not the home office. I have a standing desk, and um, I have used a standing desk probably for about a year and a half, two years now. It came off the back of um, uh, going to visit Mark in Spain, and if you remember a couple of years ago, for those of you who've been watching and listening for long enough, that Mark went through a certain amount of pain with a chiropractor um for for a wee while because his back's fecked um and like literally in the like two minute conversation i had with his chiropractor i made a realization that i needed to make a change about like how i was working because sitting in front of a laptop is awful for your your posture now i'm not too worried about posture i don't really give a crap really but what's actually more in, important and more interesting is the standing desk um, allows better blood flow. It means that I actually am way more productive in my day's work because I get more stuff done quicker. 
I, you know, I can probably spend probably about four hours standing up and then I'm done. But it means that I get way more done in those four hours than if I was sat down for 10. That's the point. I mean, I've, I've got, I've still got my ghetto standing desk at home, which is two Ikea tables, you know, these little small tables. Yeah. Stacked up, perfect height, absolutely perfect height for working on. And the other thing I've got, which I absolutely love, is I've got this wobbly chair. Well, I've got a stool and it's literally like someone took a basketball, sliced it in half and put one end on the top where you sat and one end on the bottom. So it actually rocks. So without even knowing it, when you're perched on it, if you don't fall off it, which I have done a few times, um, it's actually strengthening your core. So your muscles yeah. are constantly working and slightly just to keep yourself stable. So that, that's a really good um, thing. Right. Next. This one's yeah, yours. This, this is my tip and I still do it every day. Loop lyric-free music when whilst writing. Video game music works well. Yes, Battlefield 1 is excellent. You can go onto any music streaming site and type in Battlefield 1, and it is excellent because games, music, and all video games, the music is designed to do one thing, to have you focus on the game and not distract you. Games music is not distracting, and it's written in a certain cadence and certain notes, a certain form, that it forces you to con concentrate on the game. And that's why they have it. So, ergo, if you listen to games music when you're working, you get more productive and you would not, but if you've never done this before, just try it. You will be surprised at how quickly you work and how focused you are. Yeah. Next one, uh, write every day. And this is um, something that um, it, it takes a long time to see the benefits of, but it really, literally, like years, it will take it'll take years for you to truly see the benefit. But if you write every single day, whether it's a blog post, whether it's an email, whether it's like you know, um, a copy for your website, you know, literally sit and spend half an hour every day writing a stretch, which is when it comes back to that whole loop lyric free music whilst writing and using a standing desk and all those things like um you put all that together and write as well it means that your um it expands your creative mind it makes your writing a lot better you evolve you start getting getting into the language of the of your ideal customer as well and it means that um, everything that you do all everything that you produce becomes a lot uh, a lot more um a lot more focused to what you're trying to achieve. So writing copy, writing emails. People say, oh, I can't write. Well, start, start writing. I can't write. Well, start hey, what, writing. The best exercise, and this is uh, myself and Andre used to do this when we, we used to have our burger lunches. You've got to write a story in, six, in 50 words, I think. If, yeah, a, a full story in 50 words. And it is brilliant. It really gets you thinking about what you're going to write. So you've only got not 51, not 49, exactly 50 words. And it's got to have a beginning, middle and an end and a top and a hero and a subject. Um, I think it's called 50 word stories. I will find it and I'll post it somewhere. Uh, 55 It's 55. Thanks, Dave. Yeah, 55 word stories. I think it's called someone do a search for it. Um, really try it. It is brilliant for your, your writing. If you do three or four of them, and then go and try and write an email, you will write one of the best emails you've ever written. Maybe I should start doing them again. Actually, yeah. wrote, I don't know if anyone saw it, the email I wrote the other day, I actually wrote in two minutes. Because, <laughs> I couldn't tell Mark. Well, especially because I could, <laughs> Mark, quotation, wrote this email in two minutes, Thompson. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I was out the door and he'd send an email. <laughs> right. Um, Read Story Brand by Donald Miller and also subscribe to his videos. Yeah. As books go, it's one of the most useful books I've read in the last 12 months, definitely. Uh, Story Brand by Donald Miller. Um, yeah. Definitely worthwhile checking out. Next. Yeah. Um, Find someone with an audience, but no idea how to monetize it. Oh, yes. God, yes, we, yes, we, yes. We, we could do a whole like hour long chat about we could a whole case study on it. Yeah, the, the thing, this is interesting. There's plenty of people, here's the thing. A lot of people in SMO and a lot of internet marketers are great at internet marketing. They're just rubbish at actually creating something that people want to buy. Um, uh, 
there's lots of people out there who've already got the audience, but no idea how to make money from it. Put the two together, all of a sudden you've got an interesting partnership, an interesting JV deal that you can put together. And we talked about this a couple of weeks ago as being a potential kind yeah, of- We actually should do a full show on this. Yeah. Um, because it's it's really interesting. I know this is something that Tim does all the time. Yeah. He was like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm launching a product on origami chickens with somebody. And this this somebody's got an audience of 5,000 people who make origami chickens, but the guy hasn't got a product. So yeah. Tim will go, hey, well, let's do a product and I'll launch it for you and you sell it. Yeah. And just give me 50%. Exactly. And that's all it needs to be. It's, it's a, you know, we know how to sell stuff. Whether it's, there's marketers, that's our, that's our thing. That's our skill. That's where we are most comfortable with. These guys, they're great at community and engaging and building an audience and all that kind of stuff, but they're rubbish at actually selling anything. So sell something, create, get them to create something to sell and sell it for them. Uh, next one. Sell premium price product, avoid budget pricing at all costs. I'm actually going to disagree here. I'm it's, having second thoughts about this. No. Um, I, I, go on, you, you, you right, present so, your case. I, I, selling stuff at $97, $197 is the way forward. However, if you're in the IM niche, you know, you're not, you're going to struggle sometimes. Okay. So this is what we've, I've been talking about recently. And I, we talked about it last week. Like, take your stuff outside of the IM niche and then you can sell stuff at premium prices all day long. But if you're in the IM niche, you're like, knock it out at $27, but with a $77 upsell. That's my view. So I was, um, Mark and I were discussing something last night um, that uh, uh, certain marketers, certain businesses, certain you know, uh, gurus out there, they, they get you on a phone call for their strategy sessions. And I'm always intrigued by how they try and sell these things. So I, I generally sign up to them and, uh, and get on board with them. And um, yeah, this is the extreme end of the, well, it's not really that extreme to be honest with you. I, I thought it was relatively cheap. There's this one particular gentleman who is very famous within the internet marketing world. And he's selling, we were selling a uh, six, he was selling a six week um, uh, coaching, like a group, small group training and coaching thing. A group of 10 people that you get on, on the call once a week via Zoom with nine other business owners. And um, you get basically access to Todd for that six weeks. And he took, walks you through a process for six weeks. Uh, he's charging $5,000 for six weeks coaching. Now, um, in, the last, in the last couple of weeks, you know, I've been presented with masterminds that have been, I think one of them was like 35,000 pounds or dollars. I can't remember which one it was. It might have been, it's about the same these days, just the pound is rubbish. Um, but um, <laughs> yeah, it, it's, you know, it's amazing how, how elastic that you know particular um you know world is um i think that there's 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 room for the very very expensive there's kind of room for the cheap and cheerful but you've got to really know your numbers i read a quote the other day which is it's very easy to sell something cheap what's the what's more difficult is actually making money from it um and that's and that's the thing you really need to remember with this yes you can sell cheap products and you will sell a bucket load of them but yeah, you've really got to be tight on your numbers, your cost per acquisition, your, you know, average order value, your, your, your back end costs and all that kind of stuff. You've got to really have that nailed. And like, in my opinion, it's just as easy to sell 100 tubs of Lean Greens at £45 as it is to sell 100 tubs at £15. Which one would I prefer? So I, mean, I think... Um... I was talking to Dave a few years back and he was pitched $15,000 for a, a six or eight weeks co week, week coaching program. Right. Crazy money, crazy money. Yeah, it is mad. It, it's crazy money, but there's enough people out there who will purchase that because they see the value in it. And that's the point. It's like, as long as you get the targeting right, if you are talking to the right people and you're selling to the right people, ultimately, like, you know, you might be talking to um, investment bankers. And, and, and you're going, well, I can help you with your marketing for your investment banking business of five grand over six weeks is a drop in the ocean. 
and it's like, yeah, no, absolutely. If I know that, if I know that you're going to increase my business by 10% in the next 12 months, five grand, hell yeah, I'll do that every day of the week and twice on Sundays. I would say uh, if you're going for a single product, you know, aim for $97, $197. Okay, that's aim for it. If you if you're not confident you're pricing or your market tends to buy lower price products, by all means do 27, 37, but always have the upsell to get it over that $97 because that then means that you've got money to advertise. Because if you're just doing $27, you, you haven't got money to advertise. You're never going to make a profit. Uh, so you're going to need the upsell to make the profit. Or, or the upsell being a recurring billing product. That's potentially even another better. way. To make yeah, it. Yes, that's, that's, that's kind of like the gold standard. If you can do that. So I have a product that we sell like this 10 pounds a month subscription uh, to a membership site. And it's like, yeah, you know, it, it doesn't seem like much when the first month that you run it, but like month after month, after month, after month, it's like it starts adding up and it starts becoming worthwhile. This is actually next tip. I mean, it, we're, we're getting down to the last few, mate. Yeah. This is my favorite tip that you've ever given. <laughs> okay. So I'll, I'll let you introduce it. Go on. Okay. Um, th the one simple question to ask, really, this is the only question you need to ask yourself at any point of any time in your business is what happens next. So like the, the, your customers, whether they're consciously or subconsciously doing this anyway, they're always looking for you to lead them. Um, Dan Kennedy once said that people are wandering around with an umbilical cord in their hand looking for somewhere to plug it into. Okay, They're looking to be led. So if you can answer the question, what happens next in every step of your marketing and every step of your business, you cannot, you cannot fail. So basically, say, for example, you've got like an ad on, on Facebook. You've got a question, what happens next? Oh, well, they're going to click the button that sends them to my web page. Cool. Okay, what happens next? Okay, they land on my website and they look at the copy and they read, start reading the copy. Okay, what next? What happens next? Oh, I want them to watch the video. Okay, what, what's, what's the video? What happens once they get to the end of the video? Oh, well, I want them to click the button below the video. So you need to tell them in the video to click that button. So on and so forth. And you keep on going, following that through all the way. And even to the point of it never ends. Once somebody's bought your product, what happens next? What email are you going to send? What's the next thing that you're going to sell them? And it's like, you're always constantly asking that question, what happens next? You cannot fail. And it's, it's a great way of just um, plugging the holes in your bucket. Because otherwise, if you, if you don't ask the question, what happens next? You'll feed all this traffic in to your bucket and it will just flow straight out the bottom. And like, you'll not really capture, a, a, you know, maximize what you're trying to do with your business. So yeah, ask that question all the time. What happens next? Good tip. Next one. God, Dan Kennedy. Worst is, Dan Kennedy number, is, he, is he still alive? Is he still, is he, I think he's still alive. Um, yeah, on, good understand your old boot. <laughs> Dan, worst Dan is, number in business is one. Yeah. So basically, uh, for me, the worst number in business is one. I totally agree with what with what Dan has always said about this. Um, this means one traffic source. If you've just got one traffic source and that traffic source goes away, you're fecked. Um, if you've got one landing page and that landing page stopped working, you're screwed. If you've, got, <laughs> if you've got one product that's absolutely crushing it, pointing back to one of the things that we talked about, focus on selling one core, one core product, still make sure you've got a backup. Um, uh, talking about backups, if you make sure you back up everything. Um, we have three backups to our customer list and our prospect list and all sorts of other important assets on our business. We don't have one backup, we have multiple backups. Um, so yeah, worst number in business, one employee, if that one employee leaves, you know, if you've got your one, I don't know, uh, I don't know, one bank account, one PayPal account, one uh, Facebook ads account, if that goes away, you're screwed. Well, just point out at this point, I removed 19 different sales pages from SMO this week. <laughs> I, I think that's possibly too many. Yeah. <laughs> so we now have one sales page. <laughs> there's always an important thing where you always, you've got your control, but you're always testing something new to, to back up. I was quite embarrassed when I saw that. Uh, right. Consumption. 
would mean okay. people buy from you again and again and again and again. So basically, this doesn't matter even if, you, if you're selling a nutritional supplement or whether you're selling a SaaS product or whether you're selling a membership site or a one and done product, you know, info, info product. If you get the person to fully consume the product, they'll be wanting to come back for more. Yeah. No, keep on buying from you. There's no point if they don't finish the first tub of your protein powder, they're not going to buy a second one. And that for me was like the that was the biggest sort of like uh that was really like an obvious statement but it's so so important that you understand that consumption is the most important thing in your business so we work super hard to make sure as many people as possible finish the finish the first tub so that they come back for a second simple as that right we're going to rush through the last four okay those that can pay the most to acquire a customer win the game and it's I like read, i actually read something yesterday about this yeah right? And it is. It was, I think it was said, the vast majority of startups in the United States at the moment are starting up solely to sell out to bigger companies because they know in the long term they can never, ever compete. You will never compete with Google Drive. You will never compete with Uber. You will never compete with anything. So these guys are starting up basically to be a thorn in the side of the bigger companies, and their end game is to be bought out. So, yeah. And this comes back to if you've got the money, if you've got the reserves to do it, um, if you've got the um, capital available to you um, to acquire as many customers poss possible, then go ahead, go do this. The, you know, the, the problem we have as Internet marketers is like, oh, we're looking for the cheapest clicks. Penny clicks. Remember, remember those? Did that ever happen? Who knows? Yes, <laughs> Penny clicks. Who knows? Back in 2014. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the thing is like we get so sort of sucked into this idea that we've got to acquire a lead for as little as possible. It's like, well, actually, I, I'm quite happy if I'm if I'm paying 10 quid for a click, as long as that click is like 50 percent of the time is going to um, convert. I'm happy. Simple as that. Um, you know, because I know that if that customer converts, I'm going to make sure that they come back for a second purchase. And that's where we make the revenue from them. So, so on and so forth. So um, the, the, the challenge is, is like these um, the, the best customers are the most uh, valuable to a lot of businesses. So it costs a lot of money to acquire them because obviously Facebook and Google and whoever else, basically they ring fence those awesome customers for the people who are willing to pay the most for them. So, yeah, um, it, it's, it's why some of the big companies generally win is because they don't necessarily worry about they just have a big marketing budget of like millions and millions of pounds. And they can just chuck money at it just to acquire more customers. Um, small businesses like ours, we struggle to, to, to compete with that. But we can at least be that thorn in the side, tap away, acquire a few really, really great customers. Uh, which ultimately means that if we own that customer, we our business becomes more valuable to the bigger company to be purchased. Yep. Next one. Attribution sucks. Your customer will not take the course of action you carefully designed. Uh, their path to purchase is not linear. Yes. I, I, I was I was talking Tracking. to um, yeah I was talking to um, uh, Ellie, the person, uh, our full time member of staff or now full time member of staff, about this. And it's like, you know, um, the, the customer doesn't is not uh, set. It would be in an ideal Internet marketing world. We would have an advert that somebody uh, 100 people click on and those people then go to our website and then they go and click the press the buy button. They buy the upsell, then become a subscription and it's all hunky dory. Thing is, literally only one percent of people ever do that the, in the path that you set out. The reality is, is that somebody clicks the, the Facebook ad, they bounce from your website because they didn't, they spent 30 seconds on there, but then decided not to buy or they got distracted by a cat video or whatever. And it's like, you know, they, they then go, oh, I remember that. And they just do a search for Lean Greens. And then they look at LinkedIn because that's where they spend their time. Or they look at Twitter to see what our Twitter feeds like and all this kind of stuff. We don't know where they're going to go. And like the the problem is, is like attribution models that are out there to say this person came from Facebook is wrong. It's, you know, they might have clicked the button in the first place from Facebook, 
but ultimately is that's not the reason why they converted. So you've got to address all of the other places where they could potentially hang out and, and basically be there and be there in the quality and the, the quantity that they expect you to be. So that's the attribution is, is sucks. Right. So well, we're going to, the, I'm going to switch the last two around because I want to finish on that other one because I yeah. think that's the, probably the most important one. Right. This is the one we myself and Tim almost argued over as close as we ever get to arguing. We, we can't be bothered really, but we're, too, we're both just too laid back to argue. Don't do conversions to cold traffic. Who can check conversions to cold traffic? Honestly. <laughs> Don't try and do conversions to cold traffic. <laughs> Go on. We, we actually we compromised. We compromised. It's like, okay, so... Find cold traffic before you try and do conversions to it. <laughs> um, cold traffic is, a, is, a, is, you know, if I was to go out into the high street of Edinburgh and uh, walk down the street and grab a thousand people, that's cold. That's truly cold traffic to a certain degree. So? It's cold in Edinburgh. It is cold. So they are li li literally cold. Um, cold traffic, um, you know, but even then that's actually not purely cold traffic because, you know, a certain subset of that population walking down the high street in Edinburgh, they're actually buyers and prospects because they're looking at products to buy. So um, it's not a truly cold audience. So basically taking a random selection of the whole entire world and going, give me a thousand people, random people, that's cold traffic. However, in Facebook, we never really target that way. In Facebook, and Facebook doesn't target that way either. So basically, um, we can create lookalike audiences. And this is one of the ways that you can, you can do conversion, uh, you know, do conversion campaigns to cold traffic because they are actually a better quality of cold traffic than a completely random cold traffic. Um, and you can get some decent results with it. I'm running a campaign at the moment, which is a lookalike audience based upon the lifetime value of our customer audience. So we fed into Facebook all of our customer emails and what their associated lifetime value is. And it's gone, okay, so these are your top, top, you know, you know, twenty percent of your customers. We're gonna find the out of like the the whole population population of the UK of between zero and 2% lookalike audience, this is the top 20% of that. Um, so it's got even more data to figure out who your best types of customers are. And that's not truly a true cold audience. It's a qualified cold audience. So, so yeah, we're sort of on the same page. Basically just don't advertise to people who have got no idea who you are. Don't, or don't advertise something for sale to people who don't know who you are. People who don't know who you are, introduce your, your brand to them, get them, get them warmed up that way yep. right the last one ready yeah go on keep it simple please if you only listen to one tip and imply and do one tip just keep it simple start with a landing page and a thank you page and send traffic to that single landing page then when you've got people coming to that page and then going to the next step okay how can i improve that first step okay I can change this a little bit and get more and then go to the thank you page. Okay, how can I improve the thank you page? Okay, let's swap that out and put a little upsell there or let's give them an offer or send them somewhere else. Okay, but start off with the absolute basics and know what you want. Do you want to get a lead or a sale? If you want to get a lead, get a lead. If you want to get a sale, get a sale. Do not do what so many people do. Well, do you know, a lead would be nice and a sale would be nice. So I'll try and get a sale and a lead at the same time. No, you get a lead and you nurture that lead. You get a sale and you nurture that sale. Now say, mark, marketing online is the easiest thing ever. So we've talked know. about 50 different things in the last two weeks. Yeah. And like we've made it look ridiculously complicated. Um, but ultimately you can, it, it, this is a buffet of ideas and a buffet of things. But ultimately, these are the things that we feel are the most important things that you can do with your business. Start with the basics. Start with like, you know, the one landing page, either capturing a lead or trying to make a sale. You know, the one ad campaign to get things moving and start driving traffic. Why is that ad campaign not working? Okay, let's try the different creatives and have a couple of different creatives, a couple of different targeting options, 
couple of different landing pages, and that's when you can start sort of testing them. But but keep it simple. Start off with like the absolute bare minimum, um, and and actually create that stuff. And that's where a lot of people kind of like they they have this kind of fear of fear of failure, so they or fear of being um, uh, found out, caught out, whatever. Oh well, what if I put my landing page up and there's a spelling mistake on it? It's like well. Well, who, who cares? Me, someone will tell you straight away. Somebody will tell. You. Do you know what? I ran a video campaign, video ad campaign on Facebook for over six months, and it had over seven hundred and fifty thousand views on it. Before somebody pointed out, I had a, I had a, 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 a word in one of the slides that was left in. I should have deleted it, but I didn't. So the sentence made absolutely no sense whatsoever. Yet 750,000 people watched it, and we earned well over 100,000 pounds, 100,000 pounds worth of sales from it. And it's just like, seriously, how can that many people? The crazy thing is, I noticed it after about a week, and I was like, oh crap, I need to change that. But I don't want to lose the social proof on the ad, so I just left it, and I promptly forgot about it until somebody pointed it out. <laughs> uh, if you keep things simple, you can always find what the problems are. You can identify the problems really, really easily. Um, if people are seeing your ad and not going to your page, there's something wrong with your ad. If people are seeing your ad and going to your page, but not buying, there's something wrong with, with your page. If people are seeing your ad, going to your page, buying, but not buying again, there's something wrong with your follow-up. By keeping it simple, you can identify your problems much easier. By all means, when you've got something that's working really well and you're happy with it, mess around with it as much as you want. If it gets worse, go back to what you were doing. If it gets better, great. Win-win. And that's it, mate. That's it. Oh, hang on. Da -da -da. What's on one of the grandest departments in Embraer built by... That's not a real name. Cool. Colton Hill is like, oh, I, th I think I actually know that... Um, that particular, um, uh, there's a, there are some really, really nice apartment blocks uh, underneath Colton Hill. Super 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 exclusive. Yeah. Cool. Right. That's it, guys. We got through 50 something. So after all that, we're going to take a week off. Yeah. Well, I am well, anyway. I'll, I'll do something with Dave next week. I'll have a chat with Dave during the week. And I'll let you all know. Right. Thank you for watching. Always um, a pleasure. You will see all a lot of these appear as videos over the next few months. There's a funny. There's a reason why we created uh, did a did did, did this uh, 50 tips in uh, for our 50th anniversary uh, thing was because we wanted to create lots of short snippets of ideas yep. that we can post as videos on all the different social media platforms. So you see them everywhere now. Um, so you'll see these tips over and over again. And I'll we'll re re record them. I know Tim, Tim mysteriously asked for a copy of the video last week. He's never done that before. I wonder what he's working on. Thanks, Mark. Good to, good to know you enjoyed that. Um, right. Right. We're going heading off. Um, don't forget, join smo.com free and you get a launch jacket that way. That way. And we get, you get, you'll get our launch that jacking and all our free stuff in there. Uh, 5kmethod.com, you want some free affiliate marketing training, he says, while well, he tries to get the banner up. 5kmethod.com, free affiliate marketing training. You can find Tim on leangreens.com and also fast implementation. I don't know if he's got, have you got anything on fast implementation? I do. It's basically um, it's e commerce, uh, tech, and marketing articles. But here's the thing, which I kind of hinted at earlier. You're in the middle of upgrading. You've been saying that for three years. Well, no, no, I, I basically through like that will probably end up being the business that we have various e-commerce services woven into it. Anyway, oh, but that's a good brand name, isn't it? Fast implementation fulfillment for. See, <laughs> it's almost as if we plan some of this stuff. <sighs> Who'd have thought, eh? Oh, hang on. Uh, I should have exfo exfoliated before we went on. Ah. Uh, I mean, oh, honestly, this is not really a tip, but things are changing rapidly in the live video um, sphere. Rapidly. Yeah. Get on to uh, live, honestly. Yeah.
seriously. And people go, oh yeah, but I'll make mistakes. Exactly. It doesn't matter. Really, it doesn't matter. If you record something and then put it out and you made a mistake, right, you've edited it, people go, oh, you made a mistake. Look, we've been doing 50, we've done 51 of these. How many mistakes have we made? Loads, but you get through it. Honestly, it's, you get through it and it's expected. So that's it, guys. Great having you here. Um, and here's for another 51 episodes. What would we do for the 100th? Uh, maybe not 100 tips. I might, might lose my voice. <clears throat> yeah, exactly. See you later, guys. Bye. You've been listening to the Friday Live thing. For show notes and resources, head over to members.seriousmarketersonly.com.